Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Corinthians. Today is episode 462, looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Let's read our passage. Indeed, this is our boast. The testimony of our conscience is that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially toward you, with godly sincerity and purity not by human wisdom, but by God's grace. For we are writing nothing to you other than what you can read and also understand. I hope that you will understand completely, just as you have partially understood us, that we are your reason for pride, just as you also are ours in the day of our Lord Jesus. This is Paul's, well, it's not really his second letter, but we call it 2 Corinthians. It's probably... uh, many letters that he's written. He wrote a letter prior to 1 Corinthians that he addressed. Then we have 1 Corinthians that we note he wrote what he calls the tearful letter in this one. And then now 2 Corinthians. So it's been several letters that he's written to the Corinthian church. He's made a couple of visits there. He had sent Titus carrying this sorrowful, tearful letter. And Titus met him back in Macedonia and gave him the news that it seems like the majority of people now have decided maybe they do accept Paul. There's still several, a minority, but several in the church who have an issue with Paul. That's really the purpose of this letter, 2 Corinthians, is trying to restore their confidence in him. He began with this address just from Paul to you. That was verses 1 and 2. Then that benediction in verses 3 to 7. And then last time we looked at uh, verses 8 through 11 where we talked about deliverance, talked about uh, how God had delivered him. Now he begins the real meat of this letter, and that is his personal defense, where he's trying to restore their confidence in him. So he begins in verse 12. He says, indeed, this is our boast. Now, boast is a, a theme in this letter and uses the word boast. is really what we call in the Greek as the word group, words that are related. It can be uh, adjectives and verbs and nouns that all go together. And so boast, you can have the, the word boast, as he uses it here, uh, a noun. This is our boast. But then it can be used differently as the source of something that you boast about, more like pride, but it's the basis of a boast, something you boast about. And then it can be used as a verb. I boast, you boast, we all boast. And so it's used a variety of ways here, and it's used a lot more in this letter than anywhere else. In 1 Thessalonians, he uses it one time. In 1 Corinthians, he uses it 10 times. But here, in 2 Corinthians, he uses the, the verb form 20 times. He uses the, the noun form, boast, six times. And he uses the uh, something to boast about three times. So he uses this word boast, or its cognates, a lot. So it is an important aspect to keep in mind as we go through 2 Corinthians. And this is, we're getting right in this section here. This is the whole 
theme of his letter, really, that he's trying to restore their confidence in him. And so he says, this is our boast. The testimony of our conscience is that, now we're going what it is, the testimony of our conscience. He's talking about what we know to be true. Conscience is, in, in his views, more of a positive aspect than we don't want to be thinking about your conscience. It tells you when you're doing something wrong. But here it's uh, used more in a positive sense of knowing what is right. So the testimony of our conscience is that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you with godly sincerity and purity, not by human wisdom, but by God's grace. So he's trying to get across the idea that his motives are pure in everything he's done. So what's the problem? Well, as we'll see as we go through this and try to piece together based on his argument, what their issue is, it seems that some believe that he has not conducted himself properly toward the Corinthians. That may seem nitpicky, but you know when people are offended, it's, it's the biggest thing in the world to them at that time. But the fact that he didn't come back in person. Remember, after 1 Corinthians, he, he changed his plans and came and visited them, but something went wrong, and then he went, back to Ephesus. And then instead of coming back again, he sent a letter. The nerve of him. that He sends a letter via Titus, not even coming, bothering to come in person. And not just a letter, it was a hard letter. He calls it the tearful letter. So some are offended, apparently, because of that. That he didn't come, he just sent a letter via Titus. And we had seen this earlier in 1 Corinthians, that Part of their concern about his legitimacy as apostle is that he didn't accept monetary contributions. Because that's what apostles are supposed to do. And behind this is a questioning of his motive. Some of them think he's just being very crafty, that he's being very clever and manipulative in not doing that, trying to pull the wool over their eyes. That's two things he's going to be hitting in this letter, this idea that his travel plans and why he changed them and why he sent a letter and didn't come personally and uh, why he does or doesn't accept monetary contributions. That's what he's dealing with. And that's how he has dealt with them. So that's why here he says, the way we conduct ourselves in the world, that is for everybody to see, but also in particularly with how we've conducted ourselves with you. He says the way we did it with godly sincerity, purity. Not by human wisdom, by, by God's grace. And so he's going to be hitting that again. That well, everything we do, we do above board. We do it with the purest of motives. And we do it to be in service to the Lord. Now verse 13. He's talking about letters. For we are writing nothing to you other than what you can read and also understand. Probably talking about the tearful letter he sent them. Remember, there's other letters he could be talking about. But that's the most recent one. That seems to be the one that people are upset about. And so he's just basically saying here, I'm writing to you plainly. Plenty for you to read, plain for you to understand. Now, though he used a little word play here with read and understand. These are two words that sound very similar and have similar meaning. Much like in English, we would say maybe comprehend and apprehend. There's a, a nuance of difference there. But read and understand would kind of be very close to that. They sound similar. And they have similar meanings, but with a little different nuance. So read and understand. They almost rhyme with each other. So what I've written to you, 
have it written in clever language that you can't understand it. It's plain. But I really want you to understand it. Understand me. He goes on and says, I hope you will understand completely, just as you have partially understood us. So I guess he's saying, you, you kind of get me, but you've got some syllables, some loose ends. And I, my hope is that you can completely understand who I am, what I do, and why I do it. And you can really come to an understanding there. You partially understand, but I really want you to completely understand. Now, verse 14, it continues and says what, what it is he wants them to understand. That we are the reason for pride, just as you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, that's just, well, to me, it's awkwardly worded. And, of course, that's not how we talk. But this translation says, we are the reason for for pride. The word pride here is part of that boast word group. This is that third uh, something to boast about that used three times here. It's, it only differs a couple of letters from the word it gets translated as boast up in verse 12. So it begins with boast. This is our boast. Now down here in verse 14, he says, we want you to understand that we're the reason for you to boast. And then, just as you are also ours, our what? Our reason for boasting. So I want you guys to have, view us as something to boast about. And we want to view you as something to boast about. Now, when we talk about boast, the way Paul uses it here, we, when we think boast, we think being prideful, arrogant, self-glorification, look at me, look at me. That's not the way Paul uses it. Sometimes he will use it that way in a negative sense of that you shouldn't be that way. But when Paul talks like this about we boast, he's always talking about boasting in the Lord. And it would be a more a, an idea versus self-glorification, an idea of justifiable pride or confidence. And we're boasting in the Lord because we have confidence in him. With justification, this is rightly being proud of what the Lord has done. So if I look at what the Lord has done in my life, I can say, I can boast in that because it's not me. It's the Lord. And so that's the way Paul really uses the idea in a positive sense. We talk about boasting. So it begins talking about, this is what we're boasting about, how we have conducted ourselves. And what we really want is for you to be able to boast about us and us to be able to boast about you. In the end, when the Lord Jesus returns, and sets everything right, we can look back and we can rightfully boast in one another. This is the, the theme of this letter. He wants them to be able to see that he is their boast in the Lord, and they can and should be proud of him, not criticizing him because he doesn't meet their expectations. So it's a, uh, this letter is basically trying to get them to restore their confidence in him as an apostle. It's been a strained relationship, but most people seem to be coming on board and he's still trying to reach the rest of them and get them on board with his uh, position as an apostle. His position as their leader and teacher, and the one who brought the, the gospel to them and is essentially their father in the Lord. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 2 Corinthians.